You're saying you think it's okay to cheat? Well, I think maybe there's a cheating curve that and someone's definition of what constitutes cheating is in direct proportion to how much they themselves want to cheat. That's moral relativism. I prefer to think of it as quantum cheating. The fact is, the act of cheating is defined by the act of getting caught. One doesn't exist without the other. And welcome back, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the Mirandas. This is season two. Is it episode it's six? Episode six. It is. Episode six, the cheating curve. Um, I'm going to start off by saying I loved this episode. I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm really excited because we have a special guest on today to talk about this episode. She's been a friend for a long time. And yeah, so we have Grace with us, who's going to be talking to us about the cheating curve. Season two, episode six. Welcome to the pod. I am so excited. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited to be here. I think that I am this podcast's biggest (laughs) fan. Like I might be competing with Sarah's mother. Yeah, I think I'm competing with Chris. (laughs) Uh, I'm no, I'm so excited. And I also want to say when I was listening to, I've listened to every of your every single one of your podcasts multiple times. I'm going to stammer and, and get nervous. That's enough. okay. Um, we, but- have <laughs> we have one nervous fan. <laughs> <laughs> make for a fascinating episode. No, you guys talk about this. I feel like it's such a New York thing. Talk about, you're like, oh, we're like normal looking people. Like if you've never met Sarah and Laura and you're listening to this, you're, these are two of the most beautiful women. Okay, okay, okay. I know. Okay, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Thank you, Grace. Gilly, you're hot. So I just, that's something I've wanted to say since episode two. <laughs> that's very Such kind a New of York you. thing. That's the thing. Well, I think when you live in New York, you're like, I'm a four. But when I go back <laughs> to Michigan, I'm a seven. <laughs> I'm a strong 12, robust 12. whenever i go back to michigan i always feel more stylish and then i realize like i'm not and then you go down to soho and you're like ooh, i have no money no clothes (laughs) i know it's yeah we talked about that bleak subway (laughs) ride a lot like uptown you're like oh my god i look incredible and then (laughs) and then you get down to soho and you're like cool 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 yeah um so this episode Wow, what initial thoughts, first off. How about Grace, you take it away on initial initial thoughts. Well, so I'm I'm from the perspective maybe a a little different. I don't love the show. I love this podcast. (laughs) I think it's really fun. (laughs) The show is like, to me, there's so many things about it that are so dated that I find it not enjoyable. Like when I, I didn't watch it growing up, I watched mm, it in college, totally. I think. And then I've watched it periodically as an adult for seasonal nostalgia. Right. Like, I really like to watch it and think of summer mm, in New York. 100%. In New York. Me like, too, they do me it, too, totally. They do a good job with that. You never know what season mm-hmm. it is, ever. I think what you guys talked about that another time. But I, I really like, um, you really get a feel for, like, what summer mm-hmm. in New York feels like. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so a general impressions of the episode? Very entertaining. I mean, I think there's a lot of specifics to go into thematically, but it, yeah, I would say it was a it was a an entertaining mm-hmm. episode. Um, we do expect you by the end to give a Manola Blahnik rating. We won't do it yet. Um, so, Gilly, what did you? What are your thoughts of this episode? 
you know what? It's like, here's the thing. Like, yeah, I was not expecting so many, like, like, I thought it was a bit of an ADHD episode. Is that just me? Like, it was kind of like all over the place. I felt like there was like a lot going on just as far as we have the elite lesbian crowd. Then we have this guy that was like cheating on Charlotte in the closet. And like that felt kind of irrelevant. Then you Samantha and like getting like shaved by her trainer. Like (laughs) (laughs) there was like a lot to unpack. (laughs) And then Carrie. Oh, and then Carrie back with big. And it's like, I don't know if I can do all of these things at once. TBH. Um, However, yeah, I definitely I thought it was super amusing when <laughs> the character's like, if you don't eat pussy, then you're not a lesbian. Sorry. <laughs> that is one of those classic It's an amazing lines. line. It's a classic. <laughs> it's so good. So before we also, what was her house? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole right now, but what was what was that? That was like <laughs> Aster. Did you you live at the Frick? Like, it was an insane (laughs) house. It was so beautiful. Um, So for any listeners who didn't watch the episode or, you know, just need a general recap, um, this episode deals with kind of the theme of cheating. And each character explores that theme like they do in Sex and City very loosely and poorly done. Um, So throughout this episode, Samantha... Uh, gets quote-unquote cheated on by her trainer when she finds out that he also shaves women's pubic hair, his clients, in the shape of a lightning bolt. Um, Miranda starts dating a guy, a filmmaker, and he cheats on her with his porn. So while they're hooking up, he watches porn, and she gives him an ultimatum at the end, and he ends up choosing the porn. He, he says, the porn's been with me very long. Um, Charlotte gets actually quote-unquote cheated on even though i don't think it was cheating on a date she then ends up finding herself within this elite powered lesbian chic crowd in new york city and kind of doesn't tell them that she's straight assumes it and we have some great moments with charlotte and the power lesbians also and then how carrie like not know charlotte's of- straight you know like it <laughs> you li- i know I controversially actually think if Charlotte existed in 2021, she might date a woman. Oh yeah, totally. And I'll okay. I'll, I'll get like, into think, that. I'll get that's into a that. Hot take. I think I that like actually it. she would. Um, <laughs> I think she would date women because she, there wouldn't be quite as much like because you know this was like 20 years ago, and it would just be much more accepted mm-hmm. and like fluid now. Um. Yeah, and she wants this, like, ultra-romantic, ultra-devoted person who, like, reads her mind. And the only relationships I know that are like that are female-females. Like, (laughs) female-centric. By midnight, Charlotte discovered Manhattan's latest group to flaunt their disposable income. The power lesbian. They seem to have everything. Great shoes, killer eyewear, and the secrets to invisible makeup. I want that one. I'm going to take it. Didn't I say I was buying that piece? I thought you were taking the large penny when it came in. I want both. Oh, for God's sake. Wait, so, okay, we need to get into... I need... Okay, Grace, I want to hear more about your perspective about the lesbian scene circa, what was this, 1998 versus what you're experiencing mm-hmm. now. 
Yeah. So, so the first thing I thought watching this was, as I have thought with other thematic episodes in the Sex and the City, is like, where did this storyline come from? Did someone just dream it up in a writing room somewhere, or was this? Did someone have an experience like this? And the reason I say that is because it, the way that they depict this like elite lesbian power lesbian group, it doesn't exist. <laughs> If it does exist and someone's listening here, I'm single <laughs> and Sarah and Laura will give you Here's my, my number if you request it. Here are my details. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. <laughs> it, I mean, it's so interesting. Like I, I talked to a couple friends in preparation for this Ooh. podcast and, and we're, I was trying to get it. Like, I know there are lesbians who have money and I'm t- for reference, I'm 31. I've been out since I was 23. So like dating women in New York for almost 10 years, there are lesbians who have money. There are lesbians who have good jobs. Um, but none of those women, they're, they're lone wolves essentially. So I was, I have a really good friend went to Harvard business school. Um, she works in investments. Like she's what you would definitely call a power lesbian, great style, really beautiful. Um, but I was saying to her, like, why is this? You're one of my only friends like this. Why is this such a one-off? I'm one of your only friends. No, <laughs> why is this such a one-off? And she was like, yeah, the, the, the lesbians that I know that are like that either just are totally sort of like lone wolves, really super focused on work, or they're married and they just live a really like heteronormative lifestyle with other like straight couples and like they're not none of these people are people who are in the scene because I have and and Sarah and Laura have both experienced this with me I was part of a couple of different lesbian scenes in my 20s and um they were really party focused Mm. and they were like parties that started at like 11 p.m at night it just was all the all the social direction was on hanging out partying drinking mm-hmm. um there wasn't like people didn't have jobs they really cared about right we're also um, younger you know too. things started really late yeah. at night uh we were younger yeah. too but even in late you know late 20s you i felt i felt like as i felt my um friends in straight relationships or, or straight single friends starting to drift into like different mm-hmm. patterns it was still this this same pattern mm-hmm. um which is totally fine. It just, but it's it's different than this, like you know, executive at Warner Music, Wall Street broker, like power lesbian description. Like we, no one's going into art galleries and buying you know ten thousand right. dollar paintings for their big empty right, wall. Right, right. <laughs> and if they are, they're not like in some group that's easily. And visible. maybe that is like a '90s thing, then like a late '90s thing. I mean, I don't know. I can, that, that's the only kind of explanation I can think of for why they decided to make this like a plot line, you know? I would hope it was. I mean, it'd be cool if it was. And, but it also seems like, you know, it wasn't so... Being a lesbian was not nearly so visible in the 90s. Like, I grew up... Uh, the only lesbian I knew was Rosie right. O'Donnell. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> You know, like I didn't, I, there weren't, uh, there weren't, you know, lesbians sort of like blending into pop right. culture. I don't, I mean, that's my own experience, but I grew up in sort of a sheltered place. I don't know. Do you guys feel the same way? I mean, I think the, my dad had a resident who came over for Christmas dinner once. And my mom, I remember her saying like, 
she's going to come over with her girlfriend. And I was like, she girlfriend, <laughs> like your mind, like putting the puzzle together. Like what? <laughs> like, that's how like unaware I was that I was so shocked. And I remember they were sitting there and they had these like short spiky haircuts. I was like, Oh, this is interesting. What an interesting dinner. Guest. And they were what I kind of had this prototype of like a lesbian. I was like, they have short, dark, hair and wear similar outfits. So this episode didn't play into that stereotype, but it kind of played into this kind of like singular view of people who are gay, that like you you are, you look like this, you dress like this, you act like this. And I do think in this episode, they kind of model the power lesbian after like a straight yeah. man. And I thought that was a very like 90s way of depicting sexuality that like a, a lesbian is just like a straight right. man. Which oh, what a, what a perfect way to put that. Yeah, that's how it, it came off. Yeah, because it was a very, it was a very monotone mm. look. I mean, to me, it, none of those women looked gay. They they looked like straight women who they pulled their hair back, took their lipstick off, and put them in like menswear ish yeah, clothes and told them to like talk fast and directly. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Um. And so, but I, and I, that does speak to the the nineties way of viewing people. Kind of lack of a lack of dimension. The characters are again on the show are poorly written and, and like developed. So this was just like a stereotype of a person. I thought it was interesting juxtaposed to Charlotte, who they kind of changed her look oh, throughout yeah. the episode to kind of blend it with them. Oh um, yeah, I did love Charlotte's mm-hmm. look in this episode. I thought she looked so 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 great. Charlotte always the, the looks great. Leader. I'm sorry. I she does. She really does. She's beautiful. She really um, is. I, I think the, the thing that was interesting about the Charlotte storyline, which is a big, like, you know, of my friends who are lesbians, like, this is often a big pain point. It was that her lesbian storyline was directly juxtaposed, I think is that the right phrasing, to to this this ex- bad experience with a man. Yes. And it was like, Charlotte just totally. had enough of listening to this annoying man, one more annoying man. And so she fell into this experience. And that's so often how the lesbian experience is painted in media. It's like, it's like set in parallel um, or sort of the other direction from, from a bad experience with a guy. I think everyone wants to know, are you gay? No. No, I'm not. But I do so enjoy the company of all these women. Everyone's so smart and funny, and after spending way too much time and attention on men, it feels like such a safe, warm environment. And I also think that it's, um, I think it's a bit dated, too, just how they painted it that way. Um, and... Wait, you broke up, said it one more time, Laura? Oh, I was just going to say, I think it's a bit dated, like, how they painted it that way, because they're like... Mm-hmm. now it just I mean I think it now it would fall under a lot more critique and like it just wouldn't be quite as what people would identify with it would actually be kind of like ridiculous because essentially she's what like choosing what like sh- who she's sexually attracted to you know well it's such an it's it's super interesting to think about it especially in this context I was telling Sarah a little bit about this have you gotten on lesbian TikTok at all Laura? oh yeah I've definitely um have swiped past I'm actually deep into uh gut health TikTok so I think I have um lesbians with IBS and gut health has just <laughs> yeah. there's definitely a cross section oh, somewhere we're never yeah. gonna find it though because that app is insane 
that's incredible. Um, but I got really into TikTok during the pandemic. Um, and it was such an interesting, it was visibility like I've never seen in my life before. Like I said, I've been dating women in New York for almost 10 years. I've never seen anything like, and it, you know, it was these young girls getting up and it's easy on the internet, right? It's easier than in real life, but, you know, being really open about their sexuality. And one of the things that they talked about was that they, one of their themes that they focus on is like, you know, you're valid no matter what your experience is. So in direct you know, contrast to that very famous statement from this, one of the themes that I think is important is like, if you feel attracted to women, or if you feel, you know, whatever, like you, that is still valid. You don't have to have had sex with a woman, with a woman to, for that to be a valid totally. feeling. That's probably so important for kids to hear just like and that speaks beyond sexuality like you're still a valid person without having like sexual experiences like that doesn't define who you are and your identity um and you're right like on the show they do say and for for listeners who didn't watch the show there's this scene at the end where charlotte is talking to the owner of like the frick house where it's this amazing house and they're talking about going skiing and then the owner's like, well, we're all wondering, are you gay? And then Charlotte has this amazing line where she's like, no, but, you know, I really connect with the female spirit. And then the woman says, like, that's sweet. Like, nice, sweetie. But but it, that's sweet. But if you don't eat pussy, you're not a dyke. And it was a really funny, it was a funny it's line. A hilarious line. But I think that that's what you're speaking to, which is that, you know, the sexual acts don't necessarily define the orientation or your identity. There's a very powerful part of me that connects to the female spirit sweetheart that's all very nice but if you're not going to eat pussy you're not a dyke yeah and i also think you know this is a rabbit hole that i think would we don't need to go too deep down but (laughs) you know socialization is a really interesting part Mm. of sexuality we've talked about like like um you know sexuality for for a lot of women like you know being turned on uh, that exists in the brain and it starts in the brain and my own experience was you know i was so socialized to believe like vaginas were mm-hmm. gross they're gross you need different sprays oh God, for no. them like you know, everyone was. you know yeah. it's so normal I think it's so normal thought. to go down on a guy but like you know and we had like one of my sister's friends had like a an instruction booklet in high school not that we ever used it but we were no one was off you know it was like you couldn't even think about going down on a girl like it, it, like the whole concept was like don't even th- you have different names instead of vagina like you know i think everyone can relate to that and so then when you if you start having this realization and mine definitely started with the kind of what what charlotte said was this like rena- relational mm-hmm. attraction and i had to to detangle so much socialization around women and women's bodies and sexuality and what that meant until I got to the point where, you know, it was different for me and I was able to be a little more clear on my feelings, but, but mine started relationally. And I think that's a, that's an important point for people to understand. I mean, hopefully kids today, it's a little bit different, but you know, I still have friends who are like, gross. Like, how could you, you know, women are great, but how could you do that? Oh, (laughs) 
So that's stuck in there. For all our listeners under fifty, for all our <laughs> listeners under fifteen, you are valid. I'm just no, but it's true. I I think that's such a good point, and it that leads me to one of the questions that I was going to ask you. That's kind of brought up on this this episode with the. Um, Charlotte being straight within a group of lesbians and have you found that within a group of lesbian friends there is a straight friend like who's as close to everybody or do you find that the group with sexuality kind of insular and not like accepting of a straight friend this is one of the things I was bouncing off um you know my friends as I talked today too. I, I've, I've had both experiences and sorry, you've had experiences in groups that I've been in. Like I've, yeah. I've been in groups that, and I don't, I don't condone this behavior and I, I didn't at the time, but I've been in groups where, you know, I had brought Sarah or yeah. Laura yeah, me too. along to something and people were, some of the girls were like, well, you know, they're not gay. So it's like not really cool for them to be here, which is at that point, I'm like, well, then I'm leaving. There's no, yeah. For, for people who have been, you know, treated with um, exclusivity, like, there's just no point in that. It, mm-hmm. And I think, I think it probably stems from, from decades of, you know, straight women, I'm doing quotations, um, straight women who hooked up with gay women, and then went back to their, went back right. to men. And there's, that's really yeah, hurtful. And that's, like, that's a, that, there's a bad pattern of that. But it's so different yeah. now. Like things are so much more out in the open. People were so ashamed of it and didn't want to face their sexuality. And you know, there's there's lots of things like that. Like I get where it comes from, um, but to me, it's not something. It's not. I'm not interested in this like insular. No one else can be around. I, you know, I do think there's situations where, especially when you're single, like everyone else, like you know, it's so much easier when you're single to hang out with single people because then you're going to go out to bars where you can meet people. And it's sort of similar there too. Like, you know, um, it's easier to hang out with people who are, you know, if you're, if you're looking Mm -hmm. to meet someone, then, you know, I'm going to go out with girls who are also looking to meet someone like at a girl bar or whatever. Although I will say the best wing woman I've ever had has been. Hey, there we go. Great conversationalist. Yeah. And it's this air of like, you don't, you're not interested. So you don't care. So you just pull them right in. No stake in the game. Do you remember Um, that you, you quit smoking and you went and got a cigarette with that girl to talk to her for me? I did. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to get her interested in you. I know it reminds me of the, it reminds me of the office when Andy um, is Oscar's wingman when they're oh at that Montreal. I feel like I have to like always quote the office totally. somehow in this in this, in this series. You did a much also, better Andy job than the worst Andy. <laughs> it truly was the worst wingman. That's <laughs> true. Um, so okay, so I'm trying to think of other. We we sent you a bunch of different questions. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a completely different, and we can come back to this plot line because there's so much to dissect here. But the one thing I really wanted to bring up in this episode, just because I think it's so funny, and um, it's Samantha's plot line with her trainer and the shaving. I just thought that was an absurd thing. And then when I was watching it again with Dakota, he had a very interesting perspective. And so I wanted to share it with you guys after you guys See, that came thoughts. out of nowhere. <laughs> 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 and I was like... 
very confused as to why she was sexually aroused and it also like really made me anxious because the idea of like a sharp object like down there and she was feeling like aroused by it. <laughs> I just was like this did this could have been chopped out of the episode. <laughs> I mean like that was my bad I I found it appalling. I found it I was very upset. <laughs> I, I thought it was so, I mean, as somebody like I've done laser hair removal, like it doesn't matter. I still have to like shave my legs. Like I have very like coarse hair and like I have sensitive skin. So the fact if anyone were to come by me with a razor, I would be so appalled because it's such a task for me to like, shave my <laughs> And then away from my privates right now. Get away. Like, do you understand, like, the thought of having to, like, shave your bikini? Like, I, I don't know. Maybe some people have different skin. I don't. Like, it is a process of removing hair from my body. And so I was watching this, and then Dakota watched it, and he said, oh, you know, I'm I'm not into that. And I was like, I didn't realize, like, it's a thing that there's, like, a whole subset of guys who like that. It's like, Wait, is it? Was it? Yes. Yes. This is according to Dakota that there is a fetish of men who enjoy shaving women. My brain was shocked. My oh, brain God. is trying to process this information. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, whatever. No judgment so on other people. Yeah, I wouldn't no, like no, it. No judgment. No judgment. And... I also I have yeah. laser hair has changed my life. I think I've I've had more. It sounds like more success than you have. But I yeah, I when she was like, oh, I would have shaved my legs. I was like, oh, I forgot. I forgot that was a thing people have to do. Oh my god, yeah, it didn't we went to the same person? It didn't work for me. But um, no, I just the and the idea that he was able to shave it in this in like a lightning bolt. That is the most untrue yeah, thing that's ever been bit, put on the show. <laughs> a bit editorialized yeah. there. Um, but I, I it, it got me thinking of like styles of pubic hair, and I I don't know. I think we can go here because it's it's there's so many oh, trends. Oh, just another gone. Reddit thread, thread, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, first off, I didn't go on Reddit, and I should, but like. The styles of pubic hair have changed so much, even since I was, mm -hmm. like, 16. Because I remember, like, Brazilians. Yeah, yeah, totally. That was, like, the thing. And a lot of people still like Brazilians. Now there's definitely, like, you want the triangle. But there was, like, people did landing strips. They did all these things. And it's just um, the lightning bolt I had never heard uh, of at all. The lightning bolt seems, seems re you know, really hard to get. In to your point, it's, like, you would have had to have a mini razor, exfoliate, you know, I don't know how that was happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay, I think we should start and get uh, get to the questions, Sarah. What are your thoughts? Yes. So, I mean, you kind of, uh, Grace, you answered a ton of them. So, you we talked about general thoughts in the show. Um I'm going to have, I have to ask just because you're a guest on which yes. character did, did you want mm. to be in high school or college whenever you watched it? And regardless of what you wanted to be, are you a Miranda? Okay. I have an incredibly obnoxious answer to this question, <laughs> but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, Blake Lively was once asked, this. <laughs> um, and, and she said, you know, everyone always asks, 
which which female character I identify with when re- in reality I identify with the men. And to be honest, like the women are such extreme characters yeah, extreme. that I probably feel more of that way yeah. also. Um, that being said, um, I am totally on board with like, we're all actually Miranda's or any of us who are like, you know, likable, um, <laughs> reasonable humans <laughs> are, you know, much closer to Miranda's. Um, yeah, that would be my, I, like, you know, I think so like, I'm an, Stanford. like an, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I might be Stanford yeah. though. <laughs> poor stanford like an aiden or though although aiden's so loved um yeah i don't know the the women are just so extreme they are yeah Um, um and it's interesting because even at like throughout this episode of Miranda, like I didn't identify with Miranda when i watched it it's only post watching yeah. that i connect with her now yeah i i agree with that i also felt like i feel like she gets the sex scenes that are often like Charlotte gets the bad sex stories, but Miranda gets the scenes that are like grotesque <laughs> a bit. Yeah, you yeah, know, like, and you're like, I'm, I'm struggling. <laughs> <to watch this." laughs> remember, remember the scene where the guy, that the track runner, like backs up and puts his butt in her face, so he'll like she'll like lick him, and she's like, I'm not gonna do that. Wait, did we do that episode? <laughs> yeah, I cannot remember for the life of me. No, no, no. That's season three, I think, or season four. You know um, what's interesting about Miranda in this one? And this makes this goes back to the sort of like breaking the, the fourth wall and thinking like, okay, what kind of story prompted them to tell what kind of experience prompted them to tell this story? When she goes, I was a total oh, yes. in the fourth grade. First of all, I was like, I roll. First of all, I roll. Um, <laughs> huge eye roll. And then it kind of sucks that I don't know if she was out, but someone that you know she actually like that's such a weird thing to say. It, it's it's such a it is such a dated approach to sexuality. And then I forgot that in a previous episode they actually her coworkers thought she was a lesbian, set her up with a girl, and she pretended to go out with the girl to I know. get. And she was like, "Is this cool?" And that poor woman was like, "I mean, <laughs> I guess." <laughs> and then she kissed her, and the woman was like she was just so nice about it. Whereas, you know, in reality, if like, if, 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 if you can imagine if a guy was trying to sort out his sexuality and he, he, he wanted to bring you to a dinner and he wasn't sure. And he, and then he tried to kiss you in the elevator. You would be like uh, punching yeah. in the throat. Yeah. There's a lot of unfair treatment to, I think, gay individuals in the show. And I think at, in that time period, they were kind of like, objects oh, totally. that are really objectified and kind of used and um and i'm sure that still happens in tv i'm sure it's getting better in media there's fairer and better and more diversified representations of just like all people that aren't straight and white but um this show it's one of those things where sex and city really really dates itself um yeah it just does there's actually a bunch of like other little like dated things throughout this episode that have nothing to do with like lgbtq um that i wanted to bring up but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. But I, I liked this episode, though. I, I still kind of liked it. It's it's. I mean, it's it's so memorable. Like I always think of the power lesbians, like when they turn around and do that strut. The, the thing I was going to say that what you just said, like you know, this is every TV show of that time had some sort of element of this. Even yes, the L Word, which is totally. and you know a queer focus show, 
so incredibly dated in the way they treated the topic and the way they treated trans people. Um, you know, so like every show you sort of take the grain of salt, you take the good and the bad and you figure it out. But I was watching this and looking at, you know, Charlotte saying, listening to another man's justifications. And then they were like, and then her life, you know, something happened. And then the lesbians showed up. I was just watching Ginny and Georgia on Netflix. Has anyone watched that yet? No, it's, it's really good. Um, the mother has the most incredible style. Um, but the, there's one of the teenage girls as just like part of the ensemble is gay and she there's no explanation there's no sob story no one's asking her about it there's no turning there's no hinging point on the story with a guy she just is she just is and it's part of the story and it's like everyone else and that's that's just what it's you know that's just what it's going to be from now on and I think that's great where that part of you isn't the whole defining part of you it's just you but it's not what brings you to the table um, or makes you valid in within the like media experience Um, right or makes you interesting and then I'll I'll just close out the the I think the last question here on the um that theme was any of the stereotypes were correct yes um exes as friends that is Mm. really that is still pretty Mm -hmm. prevalent um not all the time the other one that was really far off base was they were like, they went to drinks at G-Spot and then dinner at Luke's with like famous sapphic chef. And then they went to the left home. Uh, Sarah and Laura can both attest there's one lesbian bar. <laughs> Cubby. Similar to G-Spot, it is called Cubby Hole. <laughs> um, no, I mean, there's like a couple, but they're just really, there's maybe one more. It's mostly like roving parties. There isn't some great, like um, incredible social scene for um, women looking to date other women. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Sex and the City made it seem like they are just a plenty, that there are plenty of pun themed girl bars like in the city. Um, so I think those were all the questions, but I, there are definitely some of our like classic the Miranda's pod points that I want to talk about. Do it. And one, there's a couple like carry things in this episode that pissed oh. me off. Always. So I'm going to name a couple. Always. Mm-hmm. I'm going to name a couple. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of carry trackers. I don't need professional help. I've got you guys. Yeah, for about another 10 minutes. Um, one of my carry trackers is her lying to Miranda. I, did, I didn't like me. that. I thought that was... So Miranda, when... Carrie leaves big apartment. She hasn't told her friends that she's seeing big. She's kind of embarrassed. She's is not ready to talk about it. She runs into Miranda on the street and, and lies and says that she was doing laundry. It's not that big of a deal, but there was just something about it that irked me, um, that that was one of my carry trackers. But my second carry tracker, the more important one, I don't know if you guys caught this was the fondue scene. Oh my God. I have notes about that scene also. Okay. The fact that you are 33 <laughs> and the quote unquote only recipe you've mastered is fondue, I, I, that infuriated me. <laughs> and I, that whole that whole scene bothered me from the smooching, the sounds of their kisses. I was like having a misophonia <laughs> attack. I was like, why are they smooching so loudly? And the cheese, everything about that scene bugged me. So she kind of pissed me off this episode. I um, have Sarah that exact same note, if I could show you right here. I quote, the only recipe I could ever master. Uh, uh, I agree with you. 
it's mind boggling. It is like, to me, this is another example of Carrie internalizing some idea of what like, what like a hot, like perfect woman yeah, yeah, should totally, be. And like, totally. I only store sweaters in my oven. Like, but in reality, people ha- are multifaceted. You can like cook some eggs, okay? You can like make a little soup. And that the fact that the fondue was bad also annoyed me. Like uh, that was, you know, took the joke too far. I also felt in that scene, I agree with you. I don't know if this is what you were seeing. She was so physically all over big. She was in his face, touching him. And I was watching that going, if if I were him, I would break up with her that night. And that would be it. <laughs> yeah. It was too, it's way too much. And she's doing this. She's like <laughs> smacking her lips, licking her lips. And I was like, stop it. Well, I was more like kind of cringing when she was like, so what are we? Like we're together, right? Like, <laughs> like we're obviously together, right? And I was like, can you please stop this? Like I, I, I do appreciate that you're being vulnerable and like, you don't give like a, a rat's ass, but can you not scare this man, Mary, before say away, please? Like, <laughs> it's so bad. And then, and then when he's just trying to be nice and agreeable, she's like, "So what do you think we shouldn't be?" You know, she's like, "Oh, but I think that." I was like, "Oh my god, you you feel so bad for Big." <laughs> I really do. She's almost like baiting. Yeah, totally. Like, she's like. You know, it's it, like one of those people who lives with a soap opera inside totally. her head where she's like, so, you know, I haven't told my friends we're dating. And you can see she just wants him to go, what? Why wouldn't you tell your friends about me? And he's like, mm. he's like, no, me too. And she's like, oh, um, okay. And he's like, well, what would you want me to say? She's like, nothing. So why don't you want to say anything? <laughs> I would. I agree with you. I think Big is a, a tortured party. <laughs> it's so true. And he's like, I'm just trying to be agreeable. You know, and he's like, just he's like trying. And then even in the last scene when they're dancing, he's like trying. And like, no, like, what do you expect him? He's dancing with you. Why are you choosing that time to like have a deep conversation? Like, do you that- not know how men communicate? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> That was the 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 question that official. His answer was annoying. Are we officially dating? What's official? Oh come like, on, like, okay. don't play stupid. That was annoying, but I yeah. think that also probably it plays into the context of like, do we have to have this conversation every time we do anything? <laughs> I, and I also felt, um, I was so. Yeah. Appalled by the way that ended. I will oh say to Carrie's credit, her arms looked fucking. Oh my god, they did. Yes, I don't know if you did. noticed that. <laughs> and then her skirt was incredible. Like Beautiful Laura, that looks like a skirt. Oh my you god, have. I love this like, skirt. It just that was, outfit, it was so I loved cool. It. it was so good. I mean, um, yeah. but Ooh. where he said, you know, oh, the, where she goes, did you cry? Oh my, like oh. could that have been more annoying? <laughs> that have been more annoying? And then it's like but I listened to a hell of a lot like of Sinatra. Barb. And then she goes, I guess that means we're a <laughs> dating. <laughs> it was a classic Sex in the City ending where it's them. It ends on their kind of ambiguity. And um, but and also her question, like, did you cry? Kind of hoping <laughs> that he suffered. She, he kind of, she kind of was wanting well, him to I, be sad. I thought she and, like, was full on serious when she was asking that question. <laughs> 
I agree. I think she I was, she was no, being like, oh, it. did you cry? I think she was like, I hope you <laughs> cried. I know you <laughs> cried. And um, in your bathtub with a pint of ice cream. And I love that. I love he, when he said, he's like, well, you know, you broke up with Thank me. You. This is the second time where someone's like, you broke up with him. And then she's like, I don't know. He didn't say what I wanted. Oh, my it's God. Just, this poor well, guy. Also, like, this guy's not a mind they reader. They also just like, again. They don't know how to communicate. We we say this every week. No. They just don't know how to communicate. But I find how her much delusional of, to a yeah. to a certifiable degree. She is. She is as a character. She's delusional. <laughs> has no self awareness. The, the the concept of miscommunication in relationships is relatable. So I do think Carrie and Big exemplify that really well particularly in your 20s not necessarily in your 30s hopefully but in your particularly like early mid 20s even late 20s like dating miscommunications happen all the time and like there was so much like either not said said or whatever I don't know um so I do think that they get that right or they kind of show how dating there's usually like one message in your head that you maybe don't verbalize and you're expecting the other person to feel certain whatever but it's infuriating to watch now as like a more a little bit more of a mature version of myself because you just want her to just like cut yeah. shit most of the time i completely agree yeah i thought the other thing she said this episode that pissed me <laughs> off was um when they're talking about the cheating curve and am i jumping ahead oh no 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 yeah so and you can tell she's there so high on her like secret with big you know like she thinks she's the star in a movie it's sexy first of all that wasn't whatever montage to old jazz elevator music that him like slowly taking off her bra strap was (laughs) one of the least sexy scenes they've ever been in but she's like coming so high like on the secret and what she, she talks about cheating and like she basically said like you know what constitutes the cheating curve is, you know, people, you know, people define cheating based on how much they want, they themselves want to cheat. And I thought it was, you know, Sex and the City does this, I think, like, it was an opportunity for such an interesting conversation. And, and she just killed it. Like, I do think that there's, there is, a world that we exist more and more in every day where people feel open to have the type of relationships that are meaningful and important to them. And the rules of that relationship are defined by them mm-hmm. and not by other people and not by other people's expectations. So I think the cheating curve is actually, you know, how, how relevant sort of is monogamy to your relationship it could be one of them like i just think there's so many ways for people to define relationships and define Mm -hmm. cheating that this was such a Mm -hmm. like black and white you know slow ball intro to the topic the problem is that you two have very different definitions of what constitutes cheating well i don't tolerate it and i'm more forgiving and realistic about human nature that's because you cheat I just don't think that you can define cheating in absolute terms. You're saying you think it's okay to cheat? Well, I think maybe there's a cheating curve. I think that's a good way of putting it because it, it does, I mean, Sex and City does talk about like different concepts of relationships, whereas the show is very heavily pro-monogamy. I mean, the entire show is like a monogamy propaganda, except for the character of Samantha. Right. Um but the idea that Charlotte, I mean, uh, Carrie brings up is that the the concept of like cheating 
is only defined by like getting caught. And I, I really don't agree with that at all. I think like dishonesty is just dishonesty. It's not like she said, she mentioned something like, you know, it's the, old oh, if a tree falls in a wood and no one oh, hears it. Oh my it God, that's fall. terrible. Like, okay. That's just bad. That's just really bad. <laughs> I think that was, was that Samantha who said that? Maybe it was Samantha. Was that Carrie? Yeah. It was no, either one I, of those. Yeah. Either one, but they both had the same like weird um, concepts about it. And this was brought up because I think Charlotte said like, well, he cheated on me in the second date. And that was interesting. It was a second date. He was rude to make that out was with the. so rude. Yeah. It was just rude. Would I say that's cheating? Second date? Fuck. I don't think. I, I didn't think so. I thought it was just really rude. That also didn't like that guy seemed just like a plot point for Charlotte's next scene like he was not someone she would have gone after anyway he was unkempt looking <laughs> and she likes people who treat her like they're a butler like he was, here's the door he was a, a perfect launching off point to her like sapphic one like world that she like went into like disheveled like guy who she's like oh i want the polished lesbian now right. um but okay so were there any other things in the show we've got so many samantha singers so many i'm a trisexual i'll try anything once what do you have any that you i i i I didn't write them down so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to take the lead all right i was hoping you guys would have one of those like like insane insane memories so there was one that i liked that was um she was like she was at the bar. She was, they were at the gallery in the beginning and she was wondering where the straight men were. And Carrie's oh like, this God. is an all lesbian thing. And then she's like, don't straight men follow them around seeing what they'll do. <laughs> so great. Not a zinger, but just a hilarious comment. I, that I wrote that great. one down too. Cause she started that one by going, I didn't know it was BYO man. <laughs> That's so good. BYO man. Don't straight men follow them around. See what they'll do. <laughs> That one actually made me laugh out loud. And then another scene, another scene that made me laugh out loud was when Samantha just, I just love the character of Samantha and they're at Carrie's house. Oh God, we have to talk about the diaphragm. I, oh my God, that's, about that. that okay. is one of, so, all right, really quick. So Samantha is talking. She's like, Ooh, I was branded. She's so excited and like wants to talk about it. And then, she, then she tells Miranda, he branded me in a lightning bolt. And Miranda goes, where do you find these guys? <laughs> I just, it was one of those things when really for some reason made me laugh out loud. The Miranda and Samantha's banter is always so great. Um, other than that, I didn't write the other singers down. Well, I love the. You know, know, one of your, one of your previous guests said something about Samantha not being an alpha oh God, Jordan, female. Yeah. I forget. Every, okay. Th- this was very interesting. I have mixed feelings on that. I'm, I'm, I'm ambivalent. I'm not sure where I land, but I thought this was interesting because she was so excited about this man, like this, like trainer from the gym. Not that trainer from the gym is anything to see that, but like this, she, we didn't even get any personality. He was just like a one note character that this otherwise unremarkable man branded her after they had sex. And I thought it was that to me is part of that not really like an alpha right exactly yeah female 
That was yeah, that was one thing that that Jordan one, that was one of the comments Jordan made that my mom was like I see Samantha so <laughs> after what Jordan talked about it so, so so it was so cute I love my mom um, I love so that. the the scene it so it, the scene in the um, Carrie's apartment this is an ancient scroll dated thing Carrie's diaphragm gets stuck first off. I don't know any woman in our age group who has ever used a diaphragm. I know people who use diva cups for their period. I don't know anyone who uses what about a Nuva diaphragm. Because I know people who use NuvaRing, and I'm, I actually have considered getting a NuvaRing. Please don't tell me. Do you take it in and out? You take NuvaRing um, in and out? I think you keep it in. Oh, okay. I don't still know a, anything about that. It's still um, some sort of instrument that's in <laughs> <laughs> so it you know carries gets stuck and she either has to go to her gynecologist to get it out i don't know how it could get stuck and then samantha ends up volunteering this I is a great this scene one. where miranda's like you're the you're the lesbian <laughs> she's like i'm not that dexterous you're the lesbian <laughs> and, and charlotte's like no I, I couldn't and then samantha's like get in there um the i just did my nails so here's my question which is another i know i just did my nails would you help a friend who absolutely has stuck uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. I there how scary must that be? You know? Like I deeply don't understand how granted I've never seen a diaphragm in person. I've seen it on like some TV show somewhere. I don't know because I use a diva cup, life changing. In case anyone has questions, feel free to email me. Um (laughs) I've been using it for 10 years. It's the biggest game changer. I but I just don't know. I, I don't understand. How deep is your vagina? You know, Carrie. Like, like yeah, that's how, what I'm saying. Like, did it just get a, stuck? I don't know. I know a diaphragm. It like folds and you shove it up there, kind of like a claw hand, like you're grabbing no, toilet paper from like, like a movie theater bathroom. You know, can because, you? Okay. And I don't. You know, I don't know do you, if. Do you use a diva cup? No, but I yeah. and you know I don't. I know how they work, but I have had a situation. tampon or condom (laughs) i've had a here's the thing i've had the situation sarah of both (laughs) (laughs) at the same time oh oh my like i didn't realize i was having sex with a tampon in No, I've heard of people have done this. And it got pushed up there. And then I would like later yanked out the condom. And then, you know, a day. Oh my God, this is awful. <laughs> and then a day or two goes by. And I'm like about to go to Japan. And I'm like, I'm like trying to do stretches before the plane because I like, I don't. <laughs> you see where this is going. And I literally was like, <laughs> What is that horrific smell? <laughs> I was like, that's not right. I was like, that's, that's not, right. not me. <laughs> I'm not her. Oh my God. And I literally, oh my it was God. such a brain teaser. Like, I was like, I couldn't figure it out. And then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> You're like, oh my and God. And I was like, I am just going to do a little treasure. 
and I had to like go deep in there. Oh well, my that's the god! Thing with Diva Cup, like if you are that's used hilarious. To mm-hmm. that, like if you're used to having to like get very intimate with yourself you then get used to it because i think before it if you don't do that and see the thing is after that process i would hunter one because it's like wow like if it was there any longer like what is that like shock syndrome pss i know that just made me so nervous and two oh i was freaking out i was like i'm about to get a japan like i was like texting everyone in the medical field i knew i Sarah, I texted the British. <laughs> you did not. You did not. This guy went to college. I'm like British, sure I did. Who's you can read that text aloud. Isn't he a urologist? <laughs> it's, it's like genitals. You're like it's it's genitals. Oh my god, that's amazing. Wait, that is fucking things get shoved up, up there. Okay. And that being said, I would hundred percent do it for someone else because it's way weirder to do it to yourself. Yeah, feeling your I, own I ridges sense. up there is like for me like not a pleasurable experience. I've always with my, you know, my, my mom's a nurse, my dad's a doctor, my sister's a doctor. Like I want that experience. Like I want to be the gynecologist who like helps save the day by like getting out the diagram. So if anybody hears my number, just let me know. Um, Like I love like Heather would let me always like pop pimples. And I know that's like not the, the like same thing at all or in any sort of realm, but just that feeling of like helping somebody get something out. I'm like, like an intimate, you know, interaction with someone. She else had this body. like back thing that I just like. I just if we actually have it in video. Anyway, um, oh, God. I know it was disturbing. Also, that. That's like a classic Miranda. Sorry, only only fans. The classic. No, sorry, Miranda that line. is a classic Samantha thing that I've always remembered. Is right before she goes in, she swigs the rest of her martini and she's like, "Go, <laughs> go." I love it. And good I friend. love it. Because Samantha it. is loyal again. She, like this might turn into the Samanthas, but like I'm a Samantha fan. She's loyal and she will like go there when she needs to. She is ride or die. She's ride you or die. Yes. She's so no nonsense about it. You're so right that this show, we're, we're very anti Carrie. <laughs> we adore Charlotte, yet we think she's kind of insane. We admire Miranda, but we really love really Samantha. Love. We really love Samantha. And I love Miranda and Samantha's relationship. Um, Samantha's great. And then in this episode, she was a lot of fun. Um, I'm trying the to think of other this. funny thing oh, in that Miranda's scene. plot line. Okay, yeah, what? Okay, wait, we'll, we'll go to Miranda's plot line. But the other funny thing in that scene was um, Samantha at the apartment. Um, there's like, they say, oh, but you're going to tell Charlotte. Uh, her uh, uh, Samantha and Miranda are talking to Charlotte and Charlotte is is like well you know they have an ass like I don't need to tell them I'm gay they have an ass I'm not gay and um the two of them like swivel around and walk towards her they're both wearing in that moment they both look so fucking gay they're both wearing like power structured blazers they they just the way they like walk towards her it whatever it was a very commanding sequence they looked it was very funny, I thought. And then Samantha goes, you can't expect to move to Wonder Woman's Island and not go <laughs> oh, native. That's a great line. <laughs> you're, nothing but a, you're nothing but a clit tease. <laughs> like, oh my God. 
was so great. But um, Charlotte's outfit in that scene was great. She had a black bandeau, like cute hair, black coat, high-waisted either skirt or pants. She looked very cute. The fashion this episode, the fashion is getting better as season two progresses. <laughs> um, really quickly, because I know we've we've talked for a while, um, Miranda's plot line with the porn guy. You know, Miranda's dating a film connoisseur, and she, they end up... Um, the guy's obsessed with Yeah, we porn. kind of have to talk I about that. First, How did we not talk about this yet? I know. I mean, the plot, like, we are the Brandas. We've got to give Miranda. I mean, poor Miranda yeah. got stuck with this guy, Ethan. And he, I thought it was so, I've never had a guy do that. And and it was just, I don't think, do, are, do men do that? Turn on porn right away on the first date? I don't think so. It seemed like a dramatic example. I don't think it's behavior. dramatic. I wouldn't pass, put it past someone to do that. I really wouldn't. Oh, okay. Have you ever experienced no. it? But a, fr- a, f- <laughs> like, luckily, a no. friend of mine and one of our listeners, who I will not disclose, <laughs> I just like just told me about how like on a first date, um, she needed to to pee, like go to the bathroom, and he asked if he could like <laughs> watch her and jerk off all day. <laughs> what? on a first date yeah or a second oh i mean it wasn't a boyfriend <laughs> so, and and the best part is <laughs> there's more <laughs> the best part is that's not the shocking part the shocking part is she's like she would have let him but she was afraid she was gonna fire him Farting is more off-putting than the whacking off. I guess it that's the elephant in the room. <laughs> the, 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 the bathroom seat too to was right. more offensive. Oh that my is god. More out of yeah, place would, than a man juking off. While watching you pee. I've never heard of that <laughs> that someone asking. I mean, we need to get this friend on oh, when it comes okay. to the, the episode with Carrie and um uh, the P, the political 100%, guy who wants to be on Yeah, because that's a whole fetish scene that that's I a think season exists. two, or I think, right? I don't. I'm not going to vilify it, but I don't know. So, okay, we left off. Um, let's do our Manolo Blahnik ratings. I had a religious experience at Manolo Blahnik. I was going to say, Grace, I think you should do the Manola Blahnik rating because I like when the guests do the Manola Blahnik rating. Okay. So I would rate this a, a 3.5 Manola Blahniks. Interesting. All right, I'm rating I'm it. Going... A... Go, Gilly. Three, two, one. Four. Three. Oh. I gave it a three. It was too ADHD for me. Like, why are we like, why is Samantha getting like a freaking fade in her vagina? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, <true>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, true. I, like, you know what? I, for some reason I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun, lighthearted. I liked the fashion. I laughed out loud. I liked the character scene. So this mm-hmm. is a four for me. Love it. 
Love we it. love it. Um, so Grace, thank you so much for coming on. I loved hearing everything, um, particularly the plot line with like Charlotte and just like the power lesbians. Um, if there are any power lesbians in <laughs> New York City, email us. We will set you up with Grace. Or, honestly, else anywhere. Like we'll set you up with Grace. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it's a remote world. Na- name, name your location. <laughs> <laughs> um so guys next week we have a great episode i think it's called the chicken dance season two episode seven um we really get into carrie and Biggs, and this is kind of like the start of some crumblings in their relationship it's an interesting one thanks so much for having me guys bye power suit ladies <laughs> <laughs>